Hey everyone, I wanted to share with you something. Uh, welcome to episode 71 of uh, Dave's and Hang Reflections and Lessons. Um, yeah, I wanted to share with you, this is probably going to be one of the hardest videos that uh, I've ever created, but I wanted to share with you um, because of what's going on with um, the Asian American hate crimes. I felt like it's my responsibility to at least share with you some of the stories in hopes of um, stopping some of this um, Asian American violence and sh share with you just my perspective. Uh, I identify as um, a, a cis, um, straight, male, uh, Asian, so I'm of Vietnamese heritage. So obviously my opinions don't reflect every other Asian male, but just wanted to share with you some of my experiences. And I'll link to some of the articles that I've mentioned as well um, in hopes of educating people um, a little bit more about some of my experiences that have been quite uh, traumatic and just things that have been going through my mind. So I woke up at 6 a.m. today, a lot going in my mind and you, if you have any Asian American colleagues, um, reaching out to them to show that you care, to let them know that you support them and that you're there for them means a lot. Um, I was grateful that Doug reached out to me yesterday. My manager, uh, Carter Perk, asked about it as well, um, as well as a few other friends have reached out to me on LinkedIn. So I really appreciate you, Amy, and anyone else who, and Cole, anyone else who made the effort to um, learn more about what's going on or just providing the space for us to kind of talk about some of these like traumatic moments. So I wanted to share, um, so in, I read an article by Michelle Kim, who is a diversity, inclusion and, and um, equality uh, writer. She, she actually spoke at LinkedIn at one of our events, so I'm glad that she's making effort. Um, but she wrote an article about, and I'll, I'll link to all this as well, so you can take a look at it yourself. But there, um, this year, there was a 91-year-old Chinese man being shoved to the ground in Oakland's Chinatown. And then there's an 84-year-old Thai man who was killed in San Francisco and there's been multiple accounts of robberies targeting Asian-owned businesses in Chinatown. And in New York, there was a 60-year-old Filipino man who was slashed across the face from ear to ear. And so on, right? There's been over 2,550. So just between March and August of 2020, a stop AAPI, which stands for Asian American Pacific Islander Hate, received over 2,583 reports of anti-Asian hate crimes nationwide. And these incidents are unreport are pretty unreported, right? I think if English is not your first language, sometimes I, I know, you know I can only speak for my parents, but uh, my mom and, um, you know, when you don't when you're not as comfortable with English, um, there, there's many reasons why it's underreported. But um, basically, 
in this article she writes and I'll, I'll just read you some passages of it because I think it, it just would lead shed some light on how we're feeling and what's going on through some of our minds but the job the jobless rates of Asian Americans and high COVID-19 mortality rates among Pacific Islanders is double that of white and some of their other Asian counterparts and it continues to be left out of mainstream narratives while discussing the the disproportionate economic and health impacts of the pandemic on people of color. I think there's a lot of reasons for this. Uh, one of the biggest thing is, um, if you're not familiar with this, you can just Google the model minority myth. So essentially what it is, is in the American psyche, it's the pl problematic portrayal of Asians in a in a group of hard, quiet, hardworking, polite, politically silent, and therefore well-behaved immigrants, which is created in the 60s to position Asians in opposition to black community, to the black community, where the social justice activism was seen as a natural threat to the status quo of white supremacy. So over, over the years, this politically motivated and fundamentally anti-black myth has successfully achieved this purpose of driving a wedge between Asians and other people of color color groups in America while basically making us invisible and even delegitimizing Asian communities real life struggles by using economic success of the few to defend the century-old unjust systems rooted in white supremacy anti-blackness capitalism and colonialism so yeah, it, it's, it has been frustrating to see, you know, black on Asian violence and vice versa. Um, it's, it's in her article, she essentially like talks about, you know, for instance, you know, when we ask to support the amplification efforts and denounce um, attacks on Asians, some black people criticize the anti-blackness still pervade is prevalent in the Asian community. Asians are anti-black. Asians never show up for us. It's Black History Month. And I and to that I wonder, so will you watch us die? As the cycle continues, we fight anti-racism with anti-black rhetoric and tactics. So, and anti-racism goes unnoticed or worse justified because yeah, so I mean this this is tough tough um content right um i'll let you read more on it um so i i'm gonna share with you some of the moments where i felt some hate crimes and how it's impacted my life so i'll share with you seven instances and stories that i know has greatly impacted me and i would say even traumatized me at some point um so one of my previous companies um one of my the nicknames that one of my colleagues gave me and, and basically all the sales guys which you know these are the people that you're spending hundreds of hours with right just because of um you know how much time you spend at work and um let's just say like asian male portrayed by media is is not the most masculine so they would uh they would call me like little d and that was my my nickname um for pretty much every time i went to work and yeah, I would say that's quite traumatizing, right? Like no male wants to get his his um, his nickname being something that's 
obviously not very masculine, right? Um, I get, it's fair to say that most men would not want to be called that. Um, and this was going on for pretty much the whole time. So it was, it was a really long time, like the whole year. So um, that was one instance that has greatly like impacted uh, me and, and, you know, I was afraid to go to work. Like I was not comfortable. I was not afraid. I didn't feel like I fit in. Um, so yeah, um, this just reminded me like I should reach out to um, some of the colleagues there and let them know how I feel because I, I, I just think that's wrong. And, and if they were to do that to anyone else, I want to at least let them know like the true impact that that's had on me. Um, so in high school, I was a part of track and cross crunchy winter track. So I remember there was a, a team outing um, at track practice and one of the guys um, who happened to be white, um, you know, I, I was one of the very few Asians in, in, in our track team, but I remember he, um, in front of everybody, so the, the girls and the guys cross country and track team, I think there was like at least 30 of us, you know, he just openly like asked me in front of everyone. They're like, Oh, is it true that like Asian males have like small penises? And uh, yeah, that, that, that's not okay. Um, I get it. As a high schooler, you say stupid things. But, you know, I want to share with this with all of you because I, I think, you know, to, to really think about your actions and, and let's say you don't do that anymore, but really to understand like the, the impact that you're having at someone's age that early on and how that can have ripple effects. Um, it, it's not okay, right? So um yeah, I definitely want to reach out and let them know how I feel. I'm sure they'll apologize, um, but I, I think sometimes we 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 don't realize like how much of an impact we have on others, and just this is something that has been top of mind um, for a lot. Right, I've gone to therapy about it. I've I've spoken to other Asian men about it that have also shared with me similar stories. Um, and another another time. Um, so it, it's interesting, uh, this, this was back in high school with one of my best friends. I slept over his house. Um, we would have, you know, when I was in high school, like he, he was one of my best friends. His parents were super nice, but I remember, um, he would say some pretty racist comments to me, you know, and, and it wasn't okay. Um. He was my best friend. Like, how, how how can I not trust my best friend, right? Um, I do some. I I do think some of it is due to media and media's portrayal of Asians. Um, it's typically like not the most flattering, right? So I think that has something to do with it. Um, and number four, I've even I've even had a previous manager of mine like really question my masculinity and even has uh, shared with me that I should probably take testosterone because I was not aggressive enough uh, to be like a salesperson, right? So this just perpetuates that that motion. Um, there's number five, there's been random moments of me walking around Queens and Brooklyn and just people just driving, like whether it's Spanish or black people driving. And this ha has happened multiple times, like not only in Queens, but even in New Brunswick where I went to school, um, where 
they would roll down the window and just scream out like Jackie Chan or like karate or just like some real racist stuff. And, you know, you definitely don't feel safe when that happens. You know, it's, 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 it's quite uncomfortable, you know, like, um, and then there was a moment I remember, um, in college where there was a, there was a white fraternity and one of my fraternity brothers, he's Taiwanese American, uh, was parking his car and then there were people just a, there was a guy who was white that just like screamed out like oh yeah like you got like Asians can't drive like you're such a horrible driver and then it's just uncalled for like what what's what's the purpose of of, of saying that you know um, number six uh, my wife's younger sister was walking to Target and had a a bunch of a bus of kids pass by her and say like go back to China um, this is like right when the coronavirus like was happening um, back in March so it's pretty early on and that that traumatized her you know like it's it's just sad what we have to go through um, and then number seven I wanted to share with you um, a story about my mom just being afraid to go to Costco because she's afraid of just the hate crimes that are happening right so in summary uh, I'll wrap it up with in in the US there's been 3,800 anti-Asian racist incidents uh, mostly against women in the past year and interestingly enough I didn't know this fact um, but after reading it it says Asian women are reported to have 2.3 times as many hate crimes um, than Asian men and um, the the there's a nonprofit called Asian American Pacific Islander data said that it's it's a number of factors it's effects of poverty financial struggles financial struggles um, you know a lot of Asian um, people have essential working businesses whether it's Chinese restaurants or laundromats etc um, and the pandemic right uh, Donald Trump calling it the Chinese virus has definitely played into the heightened anti-Asian sentiment. So all this being said, like, how can you take action? So there's, there's four, uh, there's five steps that I would recommend as a starting point. Um, there's the murder of Vincent Chin, um, who was, who was a Japanese, oh, who was a Chinese guy, actually, that was killed uh, by a white man in Detroit because of what was going on with, he he just assumed, he just made the correlation, okay, this guy's Asian, he must be Japanese, this guy isn't Japanese, but he ended up being murdered because of a lot of the jobs in Detroit were getting, they felt like it was getting outsourced and Japanese people were taking their jobs. So he was murdered and there was nothing that ever happened. Um, it was really sad. I could read you a little bit more about it. So this happened in, so he died on, in 1982. He was a Chinese American draftsman who was beaten to death by two white men. So the Chrysler, he was a Chrysler plant supervisor and his laid off auto worker, uh, stepson, Michael Nitz. So this happened in Highland Park, Michigan, where he, he was, he was 
essentially they had used racial racial slurs as they attacked him and because of the success of the Jap, Jap, Japan's auto industry um, even though Chin was Chinese which makes it that much crazier um, but he was taken to the Henry Ford Hospital in Detroit and that he was the nurse told his childhood friend that he had no chance and his brain was dead and he died of injuries for four days later so both of the men were charged uh where they bargained they were charged with second degree murder but then they bargained down to to manslaughter and pleaded guilty in 1983 and they were just ordered to pay three thousand dollars and serve three years probation with no jail time which is just a crazy it's just crazy um so that that was you know that that was tough so detroit chinese Welf welfare council said that it amounted to a three thousand dollar license to kill chinese americans so that was a, a critical turning point for asian american civil rights engagement uh for stronger rallying for stronger federal hate crime legislation the other th the other form articles that i'll link to is called uh, there's a chinese massacre of 1871 and then the article that I just mentioned by Michelle Kim on anti-Asian hate crime. And then the and then the article, the most recent dead eight in the Atlanta spa shootings. So and then lastly, I also wanted to share with you about the model minority myth. So if anyone's curious, um, I'll probably be doing more videos as I sort of unpack these emotions. But yeah, uh, thanks for making it this far. If you listen to this far, we'd love for you to take action uh, by doing by doing nothing. That's saying something as well, right? That's how I feel because I think as a leader, uh, sometimes you are you're called to have these more uncomfortable conversations. So uh, reach out to me if you have any questions, if you have any feedback, and thanks for listening.